0: Welcome to the Gospel Everyday podcast, following along with Mariners Church annual read. There is unlimited grace for us today, no matter what happens, because of who Jesus is and what he has done. This year, we're journeying together through the book of Proverbs in the pursuit of wisdom. So glad you're tuning in. I'm Steve Bingley, your host. We're continuing our conversation on parenting, and if you're just tuning in, here's kind of where we've parked for the last few episodes. The Bible would say that the goal of parenting is to make kids be wise. It, The goal of parenting is not just to make kids behave. The goal of parenting is not just to have kids believe in themselves, all those, although those things are, are good things. But ultimately, the goal of parenting is to help children to live Skillfully to walk in wisdom. I once heard it said that parenting is not it's not just about raising quote-unquote good kids But it's about raising children to become wise adults Who are then able to do the same for their kids in the future? But as we heard in the previous episode, this is done uh, This dispensing of wisdom. It is done in an environment of, of care and delight where Children know and see and feel that they are cared for and delighted in, but but uh, dispensing wisdom springing forth from that is going to require discipline. It's going to require some discipline, and discipline, to do it well, it, it's going to require a little bit of appropriate punishment and correction. Tim and Kel- Kathy Keller, in their devotional, they put it this way. While the primary goal of parents is to teach what is right in an environment of love and delight, one of the main ways to do that is to establish both boundaries and consistent consequences for trespassing those boundaries for your children. Now, let's just be honest. This doesn't sit very well in our culture today, does it? I mean, punishment, correction, it immediately sounds kind of cringy and it can sound kind of terrible. So 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 why? Why why would the biblical writers, why does the Christian worldview create space for discipline and correction for the purposes of dispensing wisdom? Well, here's how the the writer of Proverbs puts it in today's passage, Proverbs 1918. The word of God says, discipline your son while there is hope. Don't set your heart on being the cause of his death. Now, this is a fascinating verse because on the one hand, discipline or rebuke and punishment and correction is connected to hope. In other words, it's saying, hey, there's still a hope for uh, the son to change his mind and his perspective. And it's almost as if discipline is given as a solution as the antidote uh, for his current direction. But then on the flip side, it, it almost alludes to saying and if you don't discipline, well, you're almost going to be the cause of of his death, um, which is I think figurative, figurative, although in in their day that could have been just as literal as well. So which means uh, to discipline is to... Walk someone into their future hope. To not correct is to lead someone potentially to one's death. How does the ancient writer here come to this conclusion? Well, I think it's because uh, the ancient writer understood. uh, and This is remarkable. This is so fascinating. I think the ancient writer understood what many in our culture today are only beginning to recognize and, and acknowledge. Namely that how we process things in our childhood it actually gets amplified later on in into adulthood in other words our understanding of how things work when we're little and our ideas form about how the world works it has a ripple effect into adulthood so therefore healthy rules healthy boundaries Good ways to relate with other people in society. When these things are taught early, it can stick later. Whereas a belief that, you know, the rules don't apply to me now, uh, whereas I can do whatever I want towards other people now early, can also manifest and show up later. I mean, there's so much data uh, and evidence to this. Isn't that true? I mean, think about just think about the counseling therapy world for a moment. I'm not an expert here, but here's what I do know, even just from personal experience, is often if you uh, in in these counseling sessions, if you see how these uh, these sessions go, many times therapists will um, discover and want to know the ways um, that someone, kind of the the family of origin in which someone grew up. You know what was uh, what were some of the written and unwritten rules of the family? What were the values? How did how did mom and dad, how did they relate together? How did sibling relationships play out? Were there any you know, traumatic experiences? How many times did you move? What, what were some of your earliest memories? And it's fascinating because therapists understand that often how someone behaves and lives and functions and relates with other people and some of the issues that uh, an adult walks into presently, it's actually things that they Derived from and learned in childhood. And so it requires an understanding and an unlearning and so forth. And so, punishment and correction, not according as defined by our society, but according to the scriptures, it is not to be cruel. Discipline, according to the scriptures, as defined by the scriptures, it's not. Cruelty, but it's to be loving, since it gives an accurate view of the world. Namely, that if you do X, there might be consequence Y. I mean, here here are a couple of examples. I mean, even just from my own house, you know, I I love talking about my toddler, Aaron. I feel like he's just such a great metaphor for the Christian life. But I remember one time we we told him, if don't don't come into the kitchen and, and don't go in there and touch the stove. Don't go in there and touch. This is such a classic example, right? And then what do you think he did? Well, he touched the stove. So now he learned. He learned that this is kind of how the world works. Fire is hot. It makes other things hot. If you touch it, there's the consequence. So now now he's not going to go up. Now we know he's not going to grow up into adulthood and touch stoves. We know now as he grows up into adulthood, he's not going to put his hands in the fire. Why? Because at an early age, he learned not positively, but negatively through correction, through a punishment that he felt that the stove is hot. I remember uh, one time um, I, Isaiah, uh, our oldest, he was, he must have been you know five years old. We were in a parking lot and we're always telling him, do not run out into the street. Do not run out into the street. One time he ran out into the street and he got nicked by a car. Now the car was not going fast. It doesn't matter. I was utterly terrified. My heart sunk. And, oh, my gosh, I unloaded on him Uh, just out out of my sheer fear and fear of losing him and my love for him. But he learned that day. I mean, since that day, he knows to never run out into the street. And so his experience of correction at a young age, now it's going to have a ripple effect later on. See, the difference is that when a child in elementary school hits another uh, child at school, they're going to get sent to the principal's office. But if there are no consequences for that child when they're little, when that child grows up and hits another adult, well, they're going to get sent to jail, right? Uh, The consequences are much greater. And so it's important for someone, a human being, to learn it young while their minds are still being formed, while their view of the world, their worldview, their understanding of the world is still being formed young and not later. Tim and Kathy Keller, they put it this way. If parents do not bring carefully controlled, unpleasant consequences into the children's lives, they will go out into the world and bring far more painful and harmful results onto themselves later. Inflicting minor sadness now avoids great despair later. If you do that when they are young, there is hope that the child will internalize your training and learn self-control. If you don't, you are a willing party to their death. So Tim and Kathy Kelly here, they are uh, just echoing what this writer in Proverbs 19.18 is saying. By the way, isn't this how our Heavenly Father has protected us so often? I mean, some of us, you, you can have memories right now where, remember when there was a time when you chose to live your own way and oh my gosh, the consequences and the correction was so painful. But as a result later on, let's be honest, I mean, weren't you kind of thankful that you experienced that then and not in an even bigger, greater way now? Right, I mean, I mean, just here's just one quick example is, gosh, um, when I was a, uh, 15 years old, I was a a student leader in our campus ministry and I I just struggled so much with people pleasing and it was so painful. I, I, I just stepped into every single leadership landmine that I could think of. That was so painful. God used that to correct me and to discipline me and to teach me. So now, 20 years later, as a pastor that's 35 years old, I just, I'm not saying I'm perfect, I'm not saying I don't struggle with people pleasing, but I just know ooh, I've been down that road before. I don't want to go down that road like that. And so the painful experience that I learned then helps me to not step into it with greater consequences now. See, our Father, He's so gracious. That's why He corrects us. That's why He corrects us because He does not set His heart on being the cause of our death. Instead, He wants to bring us to life and life abundant. So as a follower of Jesus, be encouraged. Be encouraged because your father is so gracious to us. He is trying to protect you and guide you into life that is truly life, and that's why he corrects us. As a parent, if you're a parent, be encouraged to know that sometimes even if there's a little bit of carefully controlled uh, consequences that are inflicted, it's for the well-being of our kids. Now, we're going to need wisdom in, in how to administer that, We're going to need to be wise and loving and careful and strategic. And so we need to ask him for help. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us and caring for us, for doing for us what no one else would or could. You have saved us and you're still growing us. Thank you for doing that so well, for being such an amazing heavenly father. Help us to be good uh, parents and to be good influences to those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.